You've tuned into the Bellingham Podcast for the week of February 11, 2018. This is episode 67. From the cyber city by the Salish Sea, I am AJ Barsay. And sitting alongside my cyber Salish Sea friend, I'm Chris Powell. On this episode, if a social media account gets deleted and nobody is there to like it, did you really actually follow it? That's right. We're going to be talking about social media, the joy of having one and the potential pain of not having one. It's a conversation right now on the Bellingham Podcast. Wow, that was very deep and meta, Chris. I d- we don't need to yell all the time. It's it's all good. Uh, AJ, how are you? Uh, good. I guess my subduedness from the last episode is creeping into this episode. But no, I, I've got a lot more pep in my step. Uh, I can see that. Uh, your regular Vim and Vigor has returned. And yes. it's good to see you upright and color in your cheeks. Thank you. Uh, if I could paint a picture for those listening at home. Uh, we, we've been having a conversation uh, this past week, actually the past couple weeks. Uh, AJ and I usually have show notes that we reference and talking about certain items and, and bullet points that are of, of important facts. But you know what? We're going to try something different. We're going to have a conversation and we're not quite sure where this is going to go, but <laughs> we're doing it live. We're doing it live. And because <laughs> that's all part of the fun of what we do here. Uh, the topic sentence, or at least the, the kernel of thought that uh, we've been ruminating on the past couple weeks is about our social media accounts. And uh, the, do, do you get joy from what you are posting, are you getting joy by what you are uh, consuming? And uh, what if you wanted to, is it really worth it? AJ, uh, how are you describing uh, what we've been talking about? So to, to bring it to a head, so ever since here in the United States, we've had the election season leading up to it. And again, we're not a politics podcast, nor do we want to even try to be one. But this is something in technology that we've had a big issue with where people are fed up or they get frustrated or they have to take breaks from social media. And ever since this trend started, Chris and I have really kind of been keeping our ear to the ground about this because to us, we see social media largely just as a platform to stump, to, to, to connect, to get things out. But a lot of people have a lot more investment in this. Their, their whole personas, their identity, their ideologies really surround these large corporate networks. Uh, Here's the thing. Whether or not you have a Facebook account, and I know y'all do, I do hear you. You're not liking what you're seeing in your timelines, in your feeds. And so that begs the question, why are you on Facebook so much? Well, because I need to share pictures of my cute kids and I need to uh, brag about this really cool trip. And 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 how else am I supposed to do that, Chris? Uh, that's a really good question. We're going to talk about that in a second. But, for the, but also I can see the draw of Facebook because you are many miles away from friends or loved ones or family and you want to see the kids grow up. And instead of mailing picture photos you know, with Kodak printed on the back that you get from Walgreens or whatever it is, uh, those physical photos, you can have an immediate uh, check-in on so-and-so's band concert. Awesome. But here's the thing. If you don't like where your Facebook timeline's going and you're finding more dread in tapping Facebook and hoping you don't hit those kind of posts that we all know Charged posts. Charged posts. Thank you very much. Um, Let's talk about a website. Let's talk about how you can bring those people it, that you that matter to you to your 
neighborhood, i.e. ergo thus, your website. Now, how does that happen? Well, there's a website out there. There's a number of websites out there. If you happen to watch the Super Bowl this past weekend, you're gonna, you saw a dude on a motorcycle standing on it, not riding it, standing on it. Whoa. Keanu. Uh, and he did, he did an advertisement for Squarespace.com. Now, Squarespace often advertises on basically any podcast it can get its hands on. But not here. Not here because we don't deal with advertising. But if you wanted to start up a website, Squarespace.com for a fee of about maybe 10 or so bucks a month, or depending on what you can get, uh, you can design a mobile-friendly, looks great on your phone, uh, website that you add content, you add those photos, and then people can come to your place where you curate it and see what, what you want to share. This is a great way to draw and cultivate that audience for yourself without one surrendering, surrendering the rights of uh, those photos to the big companies so that they may use it in however they want due to that use end user agreement. Uh, and also, you maintain control of where your uh, web presence is headed. I find this to be more and more appealing as time goes on, that when I want to broadcast something or talk about something or take an article and have a few lines of a con uh, comment on it, I'm leaning more towards my website uh, out there as opposed to a tweet. And, and I might get them in my crosshairs in a little bit, folks. Stay tuned. <laughs> anyway, AJ. Well, in you kind of nailed something on the head is the fact that you act, but, but you have to pay to have a website. You're right because nothing in this world is free. If you cannot have free beer, you cannot expect to have a free hosting website. Like but at the same time, when I say that also, some people are not technically savvy. They're not design savvy. That's what's nice about Squarespace in that fee of 10, 12 bucks a month. You actually have basically templates that are a digital assistant to graphic design right then and there they'll they'll walk you through making your own logo they'll help you making um how to structure your website so you have protected pages so like we just mentioned let's say you wanted to share cute kid photos you could have a page dedicated to your family photos invite friends to your page they put in a password and they can see updates behind a protected wall that you have control over not somebody else uh, you don't have to worry about maybe, and some of us remember uh, about four or five years ago when there was a end user licensing agreement change and all of a sudden posts that were once private became public and some that were public became whatever the company that rhymes with Facebook decided to change. And that was, this was, that was long before um, people were very charged with uh, the political climate that we have in the United States. So with that said, if you feel that you are frustrated, my my, and I, I'm not meaning this derogatorily, but put your money where your mouth is, as opposed to just complaining about it on a social network. Take take your comments and put it on your website that you control, not ads, not promoted pins, not uh, if you're anti puppies and you don't want you're tired of seeing those puppy posts, Chris. You don't have any of that on your site that you control. When the internet first started in, got to be the mid-90s, if I recall correctly, with Netscape Navigator and the first version of Internet Explorer uh, to surf the World Wide Web, uh, things were free. It was an exchange of information, you know, go to whatever site you want, www.blahblahblah.com. We have to stop this mindset that we can get anything on the, we should be able to, we have a human right to get anything on the internet that we want for free. 
because, oh, by the way, even though you're paying uh, or you're, you're getting free Wi-Fi in that coffee shop you're sitting in. Somebody pays for it. Uh, that coffee shop's paying for it. And you're paying for a cup of coffee or whatever cheap drink you decide to get. If you really want to hunker down and, and be frugal, you're still paying for that access to the internet. You, if you are using an email account that you aren't paying for, ladies and gentlemen, you are the product. And that's a wonderfully cliched statement that we've seen for a while, but you get what you pay for. You are getting a Facebook account for free and whatever money you put into the, the, the online games for level ups or something like that, yeah, yeah. notwithstanding. But it's time to start paying for the curated experience that you are wanting to enjoy and get joy out of on the internet. The days of the free... Uh, free ride have got to end. We got to start paying for this stuff. I'm off my soapbox right now. <laughs> well, yes, there there is that avenue, but also really simply, we just mentioned Squarespace and there's lots of others. Like I said, we're not promoting or advocating any of these services. There's Wix, there's Weebly, there's WordPress, which is also open source and you can host yourself. There's Zoho, there's a, there's a plenty of avenues out there, but they are paid avenues. And the thing is, if you have to pay for it, and like Chris just said, you, if you're on a social network and you're not paying for it, you are the product, which means, I don't know how many users are active on Facebook these days, but if normal people like you and me, okay, have to pay at least 10 bucks a month to host our own website, our own profile, I'll use the word profile, then Facebook is making at least 10 bucks a pop on all of us in our data. And think of it this way, as you are spending time on these websites, how long are you monitoring? There's apps out there that will track how long you are swiping through your timeline. Well, all, all of the social networks do that. They, they're doing active monitoring on, and that's, that's why if you ever go, the, the case I love to use is uh, Amazon. You know, if you're on Amazon and you are, uh, you closed, quote, closed out of Facebook, and uh, you go surf your Amazon and you find some cute Ugg boots, or at least your partner looks at cute Ugg boots. And then the next time you log into Facebook, you notice that those ads say Ugg boots. How did they get that information? It's because even though the, the tab is closed, Facebook is still monitoring what you're doing. So is Amazon. If this is not anything, I mean, uh, this isn't anything uncommon with a lot of these services. But when you have your own warehouse that we call a website that you control everything soup to nuts you can actually put those same things in you can actually see who is trying to you know commandeer your website uh or you can see where in the world people are uh, coming to your website from and that's valuable to you because uh one you can see who's seeing your stuff and two you can also ask yourself self is this what i want people to see anyway yeah the amount of time that you spend on your feeds, uh, I would be curious to find out if that reaches an hour, how much do you make an hour during the workday? And so here's a way for you to monetize or get an idea of I'm spending this much of something that I could be doing, whether it's an hour of rest, an hour with in-person time with family and friends, uh, instead of looking at the feeds. But there's a lot of time involved in uh, setting up the website as far as updating content and things like that. That's another process. It's It can be just as simple as hitting the upload button for that picture. There are ways to be able to do that. Now, AJ, 
When you uh, like when you have your posts or when you post something on your Facebook feed, but you have your own website, how does that get accomplished? How do you handle that for your uh, if you wanted to post something for your followers to see, but if you had a website, what would you do? So, so everything that goes out to any of my social networks, I don't care if it's Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest or whatever, starts with my website. So all uh, my website or Patreon, but that's paid content. And what is that website again? Uh, AJBarsay.com. There you go. So the avenue that I do, it's a little bit different because I have several different avenues that I, I don't have just friends that I'm connecting with. I have clients, I have patrons, and everything else loops back to either Patreon or it loops back to my website. But you, Chris, I think you have the the kind of the, the best everyday approach, which is a newsletter approach. Oh, well, thank you. So, so you have your newsletter, That Quiet Conversations. <laughs> yes. Uh, I can do that too. I know. So quiet conversations, that's something you write and you pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to do, right? Right. I've put a second mortgage on our home to be able to finance it. Actually, no. Um, what I'm able to do, I started off with a, a very uh, simple website called tinyletter.com. All one word, tinyletter.com. And it was just something I wanted to just communicate something. It was my type of post in my voice with whomever. And I grew a following and I realized I want to have a little bit more control in how it looked. And so then I went over to MailChimp, uh, M-A-I-L-C-H-I-M-P.com. And um, up, up to about a thousand subscribers, it's free. Like once you hit a, over a thousand, then they're going to start charging you. Well, guess what? I would love to have a thousand people want to subscribe <laughs> to my uh, Quiet Conversations newsletter. If you wanted to be part of the under thousand that is currently at bit.ly forward slash quiet Chris. But uh, it's free. There's no cost associated with it. I have not put one dime into it other than the time that I spent thinking about what I want to talk to my fine uh, newsletter uh, subscribers uh, and what I want to be able to share out there. And it's been a really great exercise in being genuine, transparent, real, and not having much of a mask because, you know, guess what? I don't know. I don't want to throw... Uh, Facebook under the bus anymore, but really, I I do, but we I don't want people stop listening to our <laughs> podcast. Anyway, um, I enjoy this exercise in trying to have a uh, communicate a story, or at least what's going on inside of me, because I have received replies from some people. Uh, to my newsletter, and it's been very heartwarming for those of you that may be listening that have responded. Thank you very much for uh, saying me too. That's right. So uh, anyway, when you think about a newsletter, check out MailChimp.com because here's where you can get started. Get started for free. Uh, and yeah, it's a free product. However, there's a little more modicum of control that you have as far as the template that you're using, how you're being able to deliver this, when you're able to deliver this, and uh, what other content you may want to provide. It's not just words. It's also videos, photos, photos, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So the way that I see this for, for the everyday person is, let's say you had a website and you had your website that's, you know, you're, you can make it look like and sound like a profile page. Maybe you have private pages that you uh, have your friends and family uh, can log into. You can do that also in WordPress. WordPress is an open source and paid for um, service that allows you to do a website. And then also if, because maybe you don't want to, like you said, Chris, you have to maintain a website to create content and maybe you don't want to be that publicly facing. I don't have anything of my family stuff on any, really any network. Uh, actually that's, I guess that's not true. I do use path. That's, but that's, I've said that in full disclosure since the beginning of the show. Yep. 
Uh, but if if path was to cross me, I'd cross it out in a heartbeat and go the route of what we're talking about, where I would have a website for publicly facing stuff. But for private, I would go the route of what you've done with quiet conversations and go the route of a newsletter because it's basically me posting. It's no differently than most people would post to a, a newsfeed. Now, where do these things go? They go to people's inboxes. Okay, what if you don't want to do the inbox approach? What about messengers? Um, I have people that are on Android and, and I have people on, on the blue bubble thing, iMessage. Uh, how do I get around that? Well, there is this other service that is free because it is open source, meaning a community of people work on it and continue its, its progress called Signal. It's made by the nice people over at Silent Circle who you may have heard them in the news before. A lot of people use it for secure communications or cross-country communications um, because it's encrypted and all this other jazz. But what's nice about it is they also have apps for Android, iOS, and also now Windows and the Mac. And Linux. And Linux. So pretty much you can message and also send those cute little quirky gifts, you know, like, you know, Chris does to me every time that I'm doing editing of uh, uh, Jim Carrey, you know, working on the computer as I'm editing. Uh, you can send those all those quirky stuff in a secure channel using that system. And it's cross-platform and, and uh, in some places it gets, uh, they have the ability to get around circumvention technology based off of maybe your government. Uh, and so, and of course, because it's open source, they're very transparent. The, 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 the coding and everything behind it can be contributed, worked better, stronger, faster, awesome. Um, and so that is a free service, but it is a community-driven service. I like using Signal. Um, I heard about it from a particular uh, well-known uh, hacker tech person that... Uh, security aficionado. Security aficionado. And uh, once that was mentioned, I'm like, I want to check this out because, you know, I check everything out that you hear about, ladies and gentlemen, uh, <laughs> because I'll take the bullets and I'll go first. Uh, but I've enjoyed Signal just because here's a really ultra secure app and it's been a very clean interface and it's a great, you know, if, if the kids knew about this, because the kids are always wanting to be the cool <laughs> cutting edge kind of people, if the kids knew about Signal, which is all of the fun of Snapchat without having to disappear. Like they actually, can you can do disappearing messages. All the better. If the kids <laughs> knew about Signal, Snapchat might die, which is every parent's prayer. <laughs> yeah, are you speaking from experience? Not at all. Not at all. But uh, uh, you know, Signal. If you just type in Signal app in your uh, Google search, you'll get uh, a link, and it's a free download. Uh, and doesn't cost any money, but give it a try. This is this is uh, something that's been around for a while. Yeah, and uh, it's not owned by anybody. Like a lot of people, and I have friends abroad that use WhatsApp. WhatsApp is owned by Facebook. Instagram, owned by Facebook. Facebook, owned by, by Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Oculus, owned by Facebook. Um, again, when you're looking at, if you are frustrated and you want to put your money where your mouth is, then you have to, I hate to use the kind of the, the prepping term, but you have to go off the grid. You, you have to you kind of assert your digital sovereignty and make a website or use these other tools. Like if you're, if you're like, Oh, that whole newsletter thing, you don't have to have a website to do the tiny letter or the, the MailChimp that Chris is describing. You can go the route of connecting with the people you actually care about sans any of these networks. And it's not any more harder or easier than posting on a app that has a big blue and white F logo. Um, because if you can type an email, you can make a newsletter. And speaking of an email that uh, we often talk about, if you happen to have one of those big email addresses 
that start with a G or start with a Y or start with an A. Or an O. Or an O. Outlook.com. Outlook.com, yeah, right. Yeah. Or with a C for Comcast. Um, and you want to be able to kind of take back a lot of, uh, or start fresh, for example. Uh, there's a website that I, I went first, I gave it a try. It's called ProtonMail. ProtonMail.com is based in Switzerland. It is encrypted. It is uh, heavily secured. It is free for the first uh, sort of, uh, you get about a, a, a number of megabytes for free. But I paid 50 bucks for a year uh, and I got five gigabytes of action. Okay, that's cool. Uh, I wanted to see, you know, get the pro version or the plus version just to see what it is. But I enjoy Proton Mail's claim that your email, they don't have access to your email. It's an encrypted form on their servers. It's an encrypted form as you're viewing it. Uh, great way to, if you want to get off the grid and not have any mail be scanned by the big companies so that you can be targeted for advertising, check out protonmail.com. Yeah. So as we wrap up this this edition of kind of a more somber tome when it comes to the, the internet is it, Chris and I feel everybody's frustration. Like when it comes to social media, well, ask yourself, self, what does the internet say about me? And Google is a great, great culprit of this because all of your, if you're logged into a Gmail and you're logged into Google, all of your search history is privy to them. There's another way of going around that. There is DuckDuckGo as uh, another option. Uh, we mentioned, I think, last episode. About every fourth episode, we'll yeah. mention DuckDuckGo. So, so if you don't want your, uh, this culminating uh, token that is you online, you have to take some active steps and it's not scary. They, the, a lot of these services like ProtonMail looks a lot like Yahoo Mail. I don't mean that in a derogatory, like it's just, it looks simple. Uh, making a website. If you can bake a cake, <laughs> I kid you not. It's a recipe. Yeah. You click this button, you add a scoop of uh, text. You add a dash of a JPEG digital picture. You add a little bit of You can of even a, add a map. You can add a, a, a sprinkling of a map and stir vigorously and voila, you've got a mobile-friendly web page. And I'm sorry, I'm, I went off again. <laughs> but, but to... Uh, to, you have to kind of be a little bit more activistic than clicktivistic uh, in this Ooh, day that's, and age. That's really good. I had never heard of those <laughs> words. Those are going to be in the dictionary next year. Uh, well, no, just a lot of the times when um, people feel charged on a political topic, you hear this term called clicktivism, where you're clicking and showing a like towards a certain thing. There you go. Um, it, that can only go so far. You have to actively do something. And so if you actively want to do something, your activist self should say, well, I don't need these social networks. If, if I'm being that berated online, then you don't have to be there and get off. And you can still connect with people. The internet still exists without the big blue bar. <laughs> well said. And on that note, let's look at fork in this episode. What do you say? Yeah, that wraps up this downloaded edition of the Bellingham Podcast. Thank you again so much for listening to us. I'm not even going to plug all the rest of them because uh, Chris and I believe that you as our listeners are more important than us stumping where you can find us. You already have. So uh, from the city by the Salish Sea, I am. And thank you very much, everybody. AJ Barset. And I'm Chris Powell. Thanks again for uh, hanging with us and listening to us on the Bellingham Podcast. <laughs>